Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, today we're moving back to the world of literature, and as I did with the episode before last on literature, uh, I'm going to be covering literature that a lot of people don't necessarily think of as literature. Uh, today we're going to be talking about comics, and I do want to go a little bit back before the time period because comics have always have not have always, but they've existed for centuries. Um, mainly in the form of political cartoons at first. Uh, you go back to the pre-revolutionary war times in the United States, and there were political comics that were put in newspapers, that were put in pamphlets. Um, this is, the, you know, were put on flyers that were put up all over the place. So comics are not something, when you think of them, that are non-political. Um, even from their earlier origins, They've always been political in nature. And one of the things that people do when they think about comics, especially comic books and things like that, is they think of them as being non-political. But they do tend to be uh, quite the opposite. In fact, they tend to be ways of talking about extremely political topics that are often too sensitive to talk about in other ways, to talk about more directly. Uh, one of the things that science fiction and horror have also done um, throughout time, uh, throughout you know their history, is they've been ways of addressing issues that society doesn't feel comfortable talking about directly. And we are going to talk about in a future you know future episodes too a little bit about horror novels and science fiction novels and things like that. You know, I do want to keep this open so that people realize that when you're studying philosophy, when you're studying literature, you're not just studying the accepted uh, canon of books. You're not just studying what some academic has labeled as, well, this is literature or this is philosophy, and everything else falls somewhere outside of that. Uh, I don't take that view of literature or philosophy. Um, you know, everything in the modern world and even in the ancient world is based on philosophy. Our, you know, our religion, our ethics, our political systems, our economic systems, our social systems, these are all philosophies. Now, for most people, they're not, you know, directly stated philosophies that they've studied and understand. They're more or less handed down from culture, from religious leaders, from parents, in ways like that. And literature, like philosophy, has always been a way of conveying a lot of these messages. You know, when we talked about some of the early oral traditions, uh, when we talked about oral literature, you know, this is how, before people had writing, they were able to convey religious ideas, social ideas, cultural ideas, bloodlines, histories, you know, all of this stuff, uh, ethical behaviors, all of this stuff is handled in literature and philosophy. So when you study these, and as I've studied these, you know, I always thought it was a mistake that the academic study of it just kind of, until you get into grad school and then do very specialized research, they shy away from the more popular forms. Because if you want to know what really influences society more, it's not the, you know, technical treatises that are read by five or six people. 
Yes, those usually become more influential later on. They usually filter down to society. But the things that shape the way people think on a day-to-day basis tend to be much more of the popular media, the popular fictions, the popular stories. And comic books definitely fall into this. Now, I want to, you know, I, I could do a whole course on comic books and different characters but for today's episode i really want to stick to just two um two comics in particular uh one of the ones that i want to the one that i want to talk about first is wonder woman now you know wonder woman was actually created uh to give little girls a hero someone that they could look up to that was like them and if you think about how long ago wonder woman was created, uh, this is an extremely radical idea. You know, this is not something in the 50s and 40s that would have sat well at all with, you know, mainstream society. What do you mean you're telling women that they can be superheroes? What do you mean you're telling women that they can be independent and take care of themselves? You know, these are extremely radical ideas. But this is the idea behind Wonder Woman. You know, she comes from a society of women. And even though the story of, you know, the Amazonians goes way back to Plato and probably even before that, you know, this is something that uh, especially Western civilization, but a lot of other civilizations too, have tried to kind of move away from. Um, They've tried to move away from the idea that women can be strong, that women can be warriors. Um, This is very much something that is... uh, fairly new in Western society, um, especially Northern European society, it's fairly new and and comes in with monotheism. Under polytheism, a lot of these, uh, you know, peoples in Europe, uh, the Vikings, a lot of the Celtic uh, religions and tribes, they would have not only male warriors, but female warriors. They not only had male gods, but they had female goddesses as well. So this reintroduction of this, you know, powerful society of all women where men are not only not needed, they're not present at all, is something that is very radical for the time. And if you think about, you know, this being introduced as a serious topic of, you know, intellectual debate, at the time that would have been shut down. It wouldn't have even have allowed to been spoken about. You know, if you look at the literature of the 50s in particular, even women's magazines were all sort of hammering the message that, you know, men do the important stuff, men are the ones that you should be there to support, and they will take care of you, and you really don't have value unless you're a wife and a mother. Well, again, this is very contrary to what the rest of society is saying when you have this character of Wonder Woman. She's a woman who, you know, can take care of herself. And not only take care of herself, you know, she has to save the day. She has to be the one who, you know, takes on the villains, takes on the bad guys. So this is a very radical idea. But again, put it in a comic book, it's not seen as a radical idea. But that idea does have an impact. It does start to filter through because as time goes on, you do start to get more and more representation of women as being heroes. Uh, One of the biggest 
movies, and we'll go into this more when we talk about uh, later movies and science fiction in particular again, uh, where the woman is the hero is the first Alien movie, and really all of the Alien movies. You know, in the first Alien movie, not only does the woman is the woman left to, you know, kill the alien, all the men are dead. Everyone else is dead. She's the only one who can defeat the alien. So far from being, you know, the damsel in distress, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character has to be the one who saves the day, has to be the one who battles the, you know, evil alien is, and is victorious. So, but again, you know, even in the time period that came out, that was the 70s, that was, you know, the women's movement is moving along better, but it's still an idea that's pretty far ahead of where mainstream society is. But these ideas filter down into society. And one of the things that I've often told my students is that, you know, people who are writers, people who are creators, are not always people who look at their society and say, hooray for us. Um, in fact, most of the time they look at society, they look at their reality and say, it'll be better if we can just tweak it a little bit, if we can just change this, make this a little better. And this is behind a lot of the literature. And this is why a lot of literature, when you have, you know, regimes that are authoritarian, literature becomes censored heavily. Because anything that might be putting that message into the back of people's heads that goes contrary to what the mainstream wants you to think, that will be censored, that will try to be removed from the public. Now the other one that I want to talk about is uh, the X-Men comics. And the X-Men comics come out in the 1960s is when they start. And... If you know anything about the history of 60s, you know there's a lot of racial tension, there's the civil rights movement, but there's differences even on both sides among, you know, the, the blacks and the whites, because you have some on both sides who feel we should all live together, we should all work together, we should all coexist, and then you have people that are on both sides that say, no, we should have separate societies, you know, we should keep ourselves segregated, um, and if you look at the X-Men, you know, the X-Men takes this very volatile idea, this very, you know, controversial idea and, and, and debates it and talks about it in ways that a lot of other straightforward um, discussions were having difficulty with. You know, you had riots, you had, uh, you know, you had a lot of uh, violence going on to kind of counter these things. And here you have this harmless little comic book, X-Men, really directly talking about this, um, you know, the division of races. Well, instead of, you know, black and white, they use human and mutant. And they do this as a way of making it strange, but yet making it close enough that in the back of people's heads, they can still relate. And if you think about, you know, which which of the humans and which of the mutants are considered the good guys in X-Men, well, the good guys are the ones that believe we need to work together, we need to coexist, we need to get along. Who are the villains? The villains are the ones that say, no, we're different. We need to get rid of those other group of people or at least keep ourselves separate from them. And so you have this very um, deep discussion about race and races getting along and how they should get along and you know how this how they should coexist 
in something that, you know, most people are just putting off as, oh, this is just, you know, fun and fun and games, action, adventure stories that doesn't really have that much content, doesn't have that much context. But again, those ideas that are radical are able to filter in. Um, society often moves forward uh, because you eventually, well, I, I shouldn't say usually, it always moves forward when you get enough of the people who are thinking, okay, the way we're changing is what we want. Um, when most people are resistant to anything and, and see it as, as something evil, you're not going to be able to move society forward. But when most people are able to, in their heads, get their minds around what what direction the change is taking and realize that this change is a positive thing, realize that this change is a good thing, that's when things start to move in that direction. And so people, I think, often underestimate popular literature. And it doesn't always go for the best either, because we will talk about in, in some areas of popular literature where a lot of popular literature also tends to keep people divided or it keeps them thinking more about shallow and superficial things rather than in getting them in the back of their head engaged in more uh, weighty philosophical and, and social topics. So, you know, when you, when you look at anything that is popular, movies, television shows, comic books, music, you know, don't just enjoy them for the entertainment. But sit back and think about, you know, what is kind of behind it um, and look at how the arguments are made. Now, I, the reason I always tell everyone this is that as you become more aware of how these things are done and why they're done, um, you can start to be more of a conscious um, agent when it comes to dealing with the world, dealing with the information you're given. If you're just swept away by propaganda, if you're just swept away by images that you don't really understand what's underneath, um, you might be convinced to do good things, but you also might be being convinced to do bad things as well. And so until you kind of take a look at it and say, okay, this is, this is the message that we're getting over and over again, um, is this something that we should be doing or is this something that seems to be dividing society or keeping society on a superficial level and kind of keeping us from ever developing but again can't have that can't have those kinds of thoughts unless you look at what's actually being said look at what's actually being presented okay uh, I'm going to make this episode a little bit shorter today. Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble with my tooth, a little bit of trouble talking. Um, but I hope all of you are doing well. I hope all of you are staying safe. And I will talk to you all again very soon. Have a good night.